One of my goals with the Secret Podcast is to make the supernatural more natural and the paranormal more normal. These are events and occurrences that happen as a part of our natural and normal everyday lives. We've just been conditioned to ignore them and deny their existence. Well, it's time to undo that conditioning. I'm proud to announce that Ray Davis and I of Sixth Sense Media have created our own Sixth Sense Media clothing line. We can't always go up to somebody and say, hey, what do you think about the disclosure and UFOs and aliens on the earth? But you can wear one of our Disclosure Now t-shirts and get people's attention. Start the conversation or connect with another like-minded person who sees your shirt. If you're a truth seeker or someone looking to enact positive change in the world, why not wear it with pride? Connect with other like-minded truth seekers and become the change you want to be and see in this world. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store tab, and become the change you were born to inspire. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store. Welcome to Truth Seekers. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. But there's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. I want us to imagine for a minute that one day an announcement comes over the radio, over the broadcast airwaves, through your social media feeds, everywhere. Maybe by the president, maybe by someone on his staff. And that announcement says that due to our recent exploration efforts, we have discovered that we are in fact not alone and we never have been. One of our rovers has uncovered an ancient structure on the moon and it is far older than our current society. We're attempting to get pictures to send back for everyone to see and start exploring who these ancients are. What would your reaction be? What would change if you got confirmation that there were structures on the moon and those structures predated our civilization? What would that tell us about our history and about who we are. Well, we're in for a real treat this evening, my friends. I have gotten clearance from my uh, team at Crypto Viewing to release my second interview, part two, with Daz Smith, the remote viewer, one of the best as far as I'm concerned, the best of what he does. Um, we had a discussion about his experience with the moon. Now, if you caught... A few weeks ago, my discussion with Daz about his background in remote viewings. It's a wonderful conversation. I recommend you go check it out. Um, but this is this is something unique. Here's the thing about remote viewing, and this is one of the goals. Which I'm gonna I'm gonna give a warning here. I'm gonna give a couple plugs at the beginning here. Okay, um, one of the goals of my book, Food for the Archons. I want people to read that and walk away from that going, okay. Psychic data is possible and it's credible if done, if obtained through proper procedure. I want that paradigm to shatter. I want us to be able to take psychic information seriously. Because right now it's sorely downplayed in the mainstream and just in our general lives. Someone's like, hey, yeah, I got a friend who's a psychic. And they're like, oh, that might be a neat party thing to go to. And oh, they told me some neat stuff. But it doesn't resonate with us the same way as oh i saw this on cnn the other day you, you know you get something from the mainstream news and it's gold but you get something from a psychic and you're like nah, i don't know if i'm gonna take that i want us to be comfortable enough with psychic data i'm not saying it's the end all be all but i want us to be able to get to the point where psychic data when it's obtained properly and i'm using remote viewing specifically remote viewing data is used in conjunction with all the other information we have as an important piece. With that being said, in the conversation I'm about to share with all of you that I had with Daz Smith, Daz is a very experienced remote viewer. 
Over the span of about 10 years, Daz has been tasked the same target on the moon. And he and other viewers have gotten similar results, the same results, corroborating data. Now, Daz has been blind every single time. When you're blind to the target, all he's given is usually a text message or an email. Do you want to work a target? Yes. Here's the coordinates. And they give him like an eight-digit number. And that's all he has to go off of. And that number corresponds to what the target is because it's assigned by the tasker. It's a whole process. So that's all he knows going into this is that I'm working a target. I could be looking at... Uh, you know, a, a simple validation target where it's just really a picture of a flower that I have to describe, or I can be looking at the atomic structure of gold, or I could be looking at an advanced alien civilization. In this case, on three occasions, Daz was tasked to view the moon. And the implications of that, from my standpoint, in my own personal opinion, are just as good as somebody coming on CNN and saying... Hey, we got a picture of something on the moon. Because I understand how valuable remote viewing is and how reliable that data can be. Daz does that for us. Daz, among others. And in this interview, he shares what he found up there. And, and I, I want us to think about this. We don't know who they are, what they are, or why they built these structures or these crafts, where they came from. Are they still there? Are they still around? We don't know. Now we can tie in some other data. Ingo Swan was tasked back in the 70s or 80s, his book Penetration. He was tasked to view the moon. And not only did he find structures, but he found inhabitants. And that's a fascinating story as well. Now Ingo spoke with Daz, uh, and Daz has said this in other interviews, and he he stated that this is absolutely accurate data. That story, Penetration by Ingo, his book, if you haven't read it, go find it and read it. I'll, I'll try to get some links up at the at sixcentsmedia.net. But Ingo says that was accurate data that he obtained, that there was a, an active civilization somewhere on the moon. And it begs to wonder, then, what is the moon doing? I mean, David Icke does a lot of conversations about the moon as well. Uh, you know, he, he was led through his intuition to a book called Who Built the Moon? They say the, the moon is is too big for our atmosphere. It doesn't make sense that it's there. The, the th best theories they have on how the moon was created don't work. Um, so he seems to think it's some kind of satellite that was brought here for some reason that has something to do with the control that is enacted over our species and our civilization. And that's an interesting theory. I'm not going to go down that road right now, but a very interesting conversation. I promise you there's a lot more to that. Um, so I'm going to get to Daz in a minute. I want to talk my big announcement again. I, I said it last week, but now even bigger, Food for the Archons. I am human, Food for the Archons, Humanity's Psychic Connection, Simulated Realities, Parallel Worlds, and the Manipulation of Mankind is now available for pre-order. Yes, that's it. Available for pre-order. I am beyond excited. It's uh, for Kindle right now. It's available for pre-order. Um, so please, it would greatly support what I'm doing here. Uh, I'm offering it at a discounted rate right now. It's at $7.99 for anybody that uh, pre-orders this book. On the day that it launches, we're launching July 24th. On the day the book launches, the price will go up. But for anybody that's supporting me and the book and the, the platform, uh, you'll get a special discounted rate of just $7.99. Um, you can go to sixcentsmedia.net slash archons, or you can just go to amazon.com, put in food for the archons, put in Dennis Nappy II, um, you know, a bunch of search terms you can put in to go find the book. Um, I'll have it out in the newsletter. There's links on Facebook. Uh, you know, I'm starting to flood everything out there. So please uh, check it out. And, and, and you've been with me this long. This is this is what started this project. I hope that you'll check the book out. And if you're holding out for a hardcover, uh, for a paperback, I get it too. That That's awesome too. Um, and I will have signed copies available at some point. I, I'm still working out the logistics on that. Um, but I'm excited to share this with all of you. One more commercial. I've been doing the Seeker Journal just about daily. Um, please check that out at my YouTube channel. If you haven't, I, I'm sorry, guys. I hate to say this, but if you haven't done so already, please subscribe and uh, activate the alerts. And then like and comment. I've been having some great conversations with people, but I've been throwing content up there just about every day. Some of it's related to the book. Some of it's related to the show. Some of it's related to just what's going on in the world. If you enjoy the podcast, these are like short five-minute snippets that you can get almost every day just to get some updates and some data and, and some things to make you think. Um, I'm really enjoying doing that. So I'm actually working on... Um, 
a video I want to release today. Here we are. It's Friday, June 21st. A video I want to put out today talking about uh, the Holy Spirit, taking religious context out of it. What is it? Uh, and I have some interesting data that I pull from the book in there. So look for that. It'll be up on, uh, on the YouTube channel. The links for which are at sixcentsmedia.net. Okay, guys, uh, I'm going to skip the news because I want to get right to Daz's conversation with me. Um, again, uh, one last plug. My apologies. If you haven't done so already, I, I highly encourage you to check out cryptoviewing.com or patreon.com slash cryptoviewing. That is the team that I'm a part of with Dick Allgaier, Daz Smith, Edward Reardon, some of the top remote viewers. I was just on a line with them again last night. Um, we're doing a debrief for a target. It's, it's amazing what they're getting. And I, I know I've said it a bunch of times. I was skeptical when I first joined the team. Now I'm actually watching it happen. I think Bitcoin now, when I started, was down under 7,000. We're expecting it to, to go over 10,000 in the next couple of days. We're looking at it. That, that's just a guess, but we're hoping. But it's up over 9,000. I think as of last night, it was at $9,700. Um, and there's some other coins that are going up as well. The financial system, the structure is changing. And we're seeing now the predictions of the viewers, the data of the viewers. We're starting to get that feedback, and we're actually seeing this rolling out. I'd rather you get involved now in understanding cryptocurrency, how it works, how to get a wallet, how to use a wallet, how to go to the exchange, how to buy cryptos. Because I'd say for every coin that I bought, it took me three or four hours worth of prep research practice trying to figure out how to get it, where to store it, uh, and what to do with it. Start doing it now. Um, Dick Allgaier's YouTube page is an excellent starting point because he's giving you daily updates uh, and he's entertaining to watch at, at a minimum. But then... Eventually, you're, I highly recommend go to the Patreon page, subscribe, and start seeing which coins are going to be important. Because we have not only remote viewing data that we're looking at, but we also have some analysis from people in the know uh, that are sh throwing information our way as well. And we combine that information and put out a, a great product every week. So um, I recommend you check that out, cryptoviewing.com or patreon.com slash crypto viewing well worth your investment okay uh, i gave a lot of commercials but i think they're valuable i don't just share stuff just to share it you guys know that um, i truly believe in what we're doing here it's good stuff all right moving on let's get to daz's discussion about the moon i can't wait to share this so without further ado here it is my friends I'm back with Daz Smith in part two of our remote viewing discussion. In part one, we looked at Daz's experience as a remote viewer and, and kind of some of his journey. And, and we got into a lot of philosophical stuff, too. It was a, it was a lot of fun. And today we're going to talk about specifically his experiences on the moon and remote viewing the moon. He's been tasked there blindly several times. And there's a lot of consistencies among the data that Daz and many other viewers uh, have acquired. So we're going to talk about that. And ultimately, it sounds like, my friends, we are certainly not alone. It's a fascinating uh, piece that we're going to get into here. So without further ado, Daz, how are you, my friend? I'm finding you. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing uh, quite well. I'm excited to uh, keep this conversation going here. Excellent. Yeah. So let's uh, let's jump right into it. I mean, you know, why don't you give us an overview, and then maybe we can go into some of the sessions and, and break them down a little bit. Okay, uh, an overview of the moon, moon in general, and what I've seen. Yeah, let's let's start there. Okay. Um, I mean, I've been tasked on the moon. Um, oh. I reckon I've been taxed now by different remote viewers over 20 years, probably about, I don't know, 12, 15 times on, on different aspects of the moon. Um, and each time, you know, it's generally, there's some kind of anomaly or, or something that they want us to look at. And each time, uh, it seems to in, the, the data seems to indicate structures on the moon, potential life forms on the moon, elements of, you know, and right going back years, we uh, remote viewers have, have talked about um, water and, and, and uh, some kind of light atmosphere on the moon. Um, and it's not just from myself, you know, um, being in remote viewing groups, I've seen much data from many other people uh, that, that detail this. Uh, and in, in fact, one project um, uh, which I, uh, I can talk about briefly is, is coming out on video uh, from Farsight very soon uh, is, is, is one attempt at looking at some kind of anomaly in a picture and I can show you that in a minute but the interesting thing about this case is 
it's actually, and I did this blind for the Farsight Institute. But what the Farsight Institute did not know was that I've also been uh, tasked this, this that very same target three times in the past by three different people. Wow. Um, so I've been tasked a very same object by three different people spanning uh, well over a decade. And in each of the remote viewing sessions, it's always sketched and described the same object uh, across, yeah, across a decade and across three different tasters. Um, so if I can, is it all right to share my screen set with you? Absolutely. And Dad, I need to make a comment, man. Somebody wants you to know about this target. Someone somewhere wants you, wants you to have attention on this target. It must be, yeah, because, you know, that's never happened to me before, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, so uh, three different taskers over three years. Um, I'll share the most recent one. Uh, so this is from Farsight here. So bear with me a sec here. Mm -hmm. So this was the feedback here that I got from Farsight after I did the remote viewing. And the target essentially was this strange-looking, cigar-y, almost cigar-y-shaped object that right. looked a bit strange in that creature from a moon, from a moon image. Right. But it was, as I said, this was the exact same uh, target that I've been tasked by other people over a decade. Now, if we go to my remote viewing data, which was all, all done blindly, this is one of my remote viewing sessions here, so I'll try to get it bigger for you here. Um, so I feel, you know, I said, I'll talk about it straight off the bat. It's some kind of structure in motion. I felt like it was a transport. I felt like it was in flight and it was weightless, uh, glowing and it was speedy, and I felt it was moving. Then I wrote here, I feel that this is an aerodynamic man-made vehicle and it seems to be slowing down. And then I look at what happens next and I say time passes. It feels like a silver metallic ceramic in feel, slick, bright. And it feels like a period of hibernation. So it feels, it felt like it was an object that came out of some kind of hyperspace and sat there uh, above, uh, uh, above a planetary structure for a while. And it was just there, almost in a state of hibernation, just watching the planet from above. Right. And here's some sketches of it here. So I try to move closer and do some sketches. And bear in mind, you know, I'm blind at this point. So these sketches, you know, when you look at the data there of what this possible yeah. thing is, it looks quite similar. Yeah. So I wrote here, you know, it's a, it's a long curved aerodynamic form. It's got no external fins, no engine, long and curved. Uh, and it looks like a seed, you know, it looks like a natural shaped seed pod right. or something. And then later on, what, what do I see happen here? Oh, I, I, I describe how, uh, I describe here what happens to it. And it feels like it's, uh, this, this structure is attacked in some kind of way by a natural defense system that's uh, around the moon, um, which creates a hole. And you can see like there's this, this hole type shape in the craft here, which then uh, forces this craft to descend to, to the surface. And then there's my final picture of it there, of this broken craft with a hole in it, which goes out two sides um, on the surface of a planet, which is, you know, very similar to yeah. what this possible feedback image might have with this anomalous object there. So this is only one time I've been to the moon, but this is, as I said, this is one targeting here. And this, this is just some sketches here showing this planetary defense system, which kind of moves uh, an organic asteroid and, and uses an organic asteroid. It's some kind of like missile defense system, which crashes through the craft and, and causes it, to, as you can see here, to send to the planet itself. So this is, but yeah, this is just only... Um, one target I've done on the moon. And this is, as I said, one of a free target thing that's been given to me by three different people over 10 years. Right. Uh, and I'm going to put, I, I'm, I'm actually going to put all the, the uh, 10 years worth of remote viewing sessions up online very soon. So people will be able to see my three attempts at going to the very same target by three different people a decade apart and make, make what they wish of, of, of the information. But it's also going to be out, uh, showing live video of myself and two other remote viewers uh, from the Farsight uh, very soon as well. But as I said, this is only one moon instance there. There have been other stuff I saw on the moon. And um, when I went to New York and met Ingo Swan as well, um, yeah. we had great in-depth uh, conversations about the moon because uh, I don't know if the people out there that have read up on the literature of remote viewing, Ingo Swan, the creator of remote viewing, uh, wrote a book called Penetration which details about uh, how he was shown UFOs by the uh, 
by an intel kind of some separate, secret organization some underground yeah. he has, he doesn't know who they were or at least not in the yeah, book he didn't, know, he didn't know no and he used code words for their names and stuff as well yeah. and he was shown a live ufo and he was also uh given uh, coordinates to look at and uh essentially was uh the moon and he did all these sketches of what the structures and the, and the life and everything he found on the moon um when i was in new york speaking to him this one you know I, I got to ask him the questions about this, you know, and, you know, we had a detailed talk. I said, I said to him, you know, straight up, I said, you know, a lot of people find the book a bit fantastic, you know, almost as if it's a work of fiction. Uh, and he absolutely assured me that, you know, as far as he was concerned, everything that was in that book actually happened. Yeah. Uh, and then he went to a filing cabinet uh, in, in the far recesses of his room, dug around for a while and then came back with loads of papers. And he actually showed me, the coordinates that were gave, given to him for to look at those moon objects. He, he showed me his sketches and he also showed me that he'd done many years of research after that, trying to find enough feedback information to confirm uh, the structures and the stuff he found on the moon. And he, yeah. he did have quite a big uh, feedback information. So, you know, it's not just myself. I've, I think if you ask any, any long-term remote viewer, Pretty much all of us have been sent to the moon and Mars, and all of us have found structures on, on the moon and Mars. You know, the, the moon and Mars are very important um, to what's going on with it, some kind of weird, strange interaction with us, us on planet Earth. Yeah. So, you know, let's go back to Ingo for a minute. He found life on that planet, right? Are we talking, you know, for the, those that didn't read the book, it's not like microbial. He found intelligent humanoid workers. Absolutely. Yeah. Out there. And structures, you know, solid, articulated uh, structures that weren't, well, or appeared not to be structures that are made by, that appeared to be like man-made structures, you know, like buildings and, and structures that have some kind of uh, possible engineering type use, um, but not man-made as in, something that we feel we as humans have made and it's not this uh this incarnation and you know i've seen the same and i can you know i can count i can count probably 20 other remote viewers over a couple of decades i've been looking at this i've on different occasions been tasked by many other people to and i've come up with the same information both on on uh the moon and on mars yeah who do you think they are des I don't know. That's a, that's a hard one. Um, some of the information I've seen seems to indicate that the, uh, the kind of uh, interaction goes back so far, it goes back millennia. So there are, it's almost like there have been races that have lived and died off, especially on Mars. It seems to be like, I've been to Mars a couple of times and looked at pyramids and looked at the face on Mars and a few things. And so have a few other people. And, you know, there's a famous case of Joe McMoneagle, you know, actually doing a Mars sorry, when he was working for the, uh, for the military. And that's, you know, that's available through was well, available on the internet. You, know, you have, only have to do a search for Stargate and Mars or Joe McMoneagle on Mars. And you, you'd see that. Um, and it seems to me that the stuff we're getting from Mars seems to indicate a race of beings that, died off or yeah. due to some kind of catastrophic event. Um, but there still seem to be some indicators that maybe they also went and possibly seeded Earth because of their dying off. Um, but the, the, the moon one tends not to be like that. The moon one tends to be almost as if it's like some kind of forward operating base type research type observatory for and it looks like you know different types of gray alien type beings that are interacting and watching what we're doing here on earth all right, that's a lot of information in, in, to, uh, to unpack right there. Courtney, Courtney Brown's book, uh, his first one, Cosmic Voyage, I think Explorers was the second one, Cosmic Voyage. Yeah. He targeted the Martian civilization, and, and he did go into great detail talking about what, what he saw. And this, is, this book came out in 1997, so I don't know if there's been updated data um, since then, but he saw like some kind of celestial impact that wiped away the atmosphere. Yeah. And they went underground, and then... Um, I guess some of them were put in some kind of state of ignorance or confusion or stasis and then transplanted here to earth. And I think he said some are a little bit more aware of what went on and they're living inside a mountain somewhere. And some are like kind of an indigenous population somewhere. 
I think in uh, somewhere in the Americas. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me because uh, you know there's so much going on, and we you know there's so much uh, that seems to be going on underneath the surface of our own planet here. You know, with uh, and we, we're seeing this stuff all the time. Where uh, we're getting uh, what we, what I call it observations of these kind of very strange, uh, big-eyed, uh, fin beings that seem seem to come out you know on this planet as well you know there seem there seems to come out of like caves and rocky structures yeah and in fact uh in the uh, before you joined us at crypto viewing we did a project uh or, or i ran the other guys on a project uh, there's a video series out in the moment, uh, very recently called hellier i don't know if you've seen that one I, I was talking to Edward about it. It was right before I came on with you guys. Uh, he told me about it. I call, I did catch pieces of it. Uh, but yeah. why don't you explain a little bit more? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's a documentary series that you, people can watch on YouTube and very other, various other places. And it's set in America. Uh, and it's about these paranormal investigators that start getting these emails about from a guy that says he keeps seeing these creatures come out of, and they're almost like aliens, like gray type creatures, goblins, he calls them. Yeah. They come out of a local cave system and are really playing them up. So it's, the documentary series is about them investigating that. Now this, this series came out and I thought, wow, this would be a great target. Let's see if there's any validity to this. Right. So I, so I, I set it to Dick and, and Edward as, as a blind target. Right, and they came back with some absolutely fantastic sketches of these goblins and big-eyed and creatures living in caves and stuff like this. And I was just blown away by it. So I thought, well, this is fantastic. So we just and then sent all the data to the Hellier team, yeah. and the Hellier team got back to us, and we recorded an interview, and it's on crypto viewing um, uh, for the patrons, and they're blown away by it as well because what Dick and Edward did is they managed to describe information in their remote viewing that was not in the documentary and is not it has not been released yet yeah so that, that just blew them totally I'm away sure it did. yeah yeah so that went well and that's so that was good some good confirmation thing and that again that ties in with your are these aliens or are they descendants of aliens that come from a yeah. different place it's a it's a very strange subject and these these weird type goblin type creatures have been a been experienced around around the globe and so there does seem to be some kind of race of, of beings or entities that are living under the surface of the earth um where they came from like uh, we, we don't know at this stage are they intelligent they seem to be yeah they don't seem you know, none of this seems to be like animals in any way and the uh the uh not discussions because edward and dick didn't have discussions but they did kind of like get into the minds of the creatures. Um, they seem to show some kind of intelligence. And the ones clearly that I and others have picked up on in on uh, on the other planets, you know, Moon and, and Mars and stuff, those clearly do have very high intelligence, you know, way beyond what what we yeah. seem to have here. You know, I, I in hearing that I, I worry that was it H. G. Wells who wrote the time machine? Um, I, I worry sometimes that he was more insightful than just a fictional writer with the, yeah. with the Morlocks that were underneath and they were controlling yes. the population yeah. psychically and feeding. All, I mean, that's, that was a wild uh, story that he wrote there. Yeah. And there's, you know, if, if people did re look into this and have a look at the research, uh, there's lots of stories of uh, going, going back to the fifties and sixties where it was very popular yeah. and where writers were talking about these uh, creatures that came out from caves and a lot, a lot uh, and they detail about how people, you know, in cave systems went missing quite a lot. Uh, I think they called them the, the Dero um, in, in the, in the stories. Um, yeah, but yeah, lots of very strange stuff happening there. I don't know. I, just, I don't know if they're alien or not. I, I possibly think that maybe they're some kind of descendants of, of some kind of being because they, they seem so similar in form, right. these goblin type underground ones to the ones that are reported in abduction in UFO cases and right. from remote viewers on other, other planets as well. You know, it makes me wonder if uh, there's a book out called Missing 411. It's about everybody that's gone missing in national parks. Yes. Uh, yeah. It makes me wonder if there's a connection there. Um, well, possibly. And in fact, I have, uh, I tried speaking to the guy that did the documentary because uh, he said he approached a remote viewer in the past, a famous one. He wouldn't tell me who it was. And that they gave him not very, not any good information at all whatsoever on the case. Um, so I've started doing my own research and watched I watched this documentary and read his book and I'm trying to get together the coordinates of, of 
a case now for that that I can set at some point to a team of remote viewers to see if uh. they can pick something up. So that's that's one in my file cabinet that I obviously can't work it myself because I know the, right. target, you know the target. But I'm going I am going to try to task that to a group of uh, good remote viewers to see if they can pick anything up. Oh, that's cool, Des. I look forward to that one. We've uh, we've gotten somewhat sidetracked from the moon stuff, but I think it's all it's. I mean, it's all. I mean, the more you dig this, it's all connected. It is. Yeah. And as as you pointed out, it seems like there's something between the moon, the Mars, and Earth, and moon seems to be that that observation platform. Yes, uh, I think so. So and, you know, the moon the moon was very important to us as well. That's why we had the uh, essentially the Apollo missions were set up to go to the moon, you know, and they were going to build a platform on the moon right. uh, for constant observation of of Earth. And obviously, you know, because it was going to be U.S. based, right. it would have been a great missile kind of defense platform at the same time. Um, so you know, everyone, you know, has to ask the reason why did we stop going and why have we not been back in all these years? It makes no sense at all. That's a very important question to ask, you know, uh, and if you read Phil Corso's book, the day after Roswell, he talks about, they started planning that base in the fifties yes. uh, to have that built. So why was all that planning logistics suddenly squashed? What, what happened? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and then, or, or did it stop? You know, did, did we keep going back? Well, there are all these allegations of a, you know, a deep, deep black secret space program. Um, right. I'm not too sure on that. I mean, it's, it's, it's very possible because we know, you know how much money uh, goes missing uh, in, into the deep space pro into the black right. project programs in America. Um, I'm just, because of my remote viewing training and having to have evidence to validate things, right. I just, I just need a bit more. I haven't seen any, anything solid yet that shows me that there is a, a, a dark space program, but at the same time, because there is no shuttle program or anything like that anymore, I would have thought that there would be an alternative being in development. Um, it doesn't make any. It really doesn't. It doesn't make, make sense. sense. No. Um, you know, and that that might make. Um, it makes me wonder. There's so many different conflicting big stories out there about just surrounding the moon, the space program, life on the moon, anomalies on the moon. And then you have the, well, the moon landing was faked by Stanley Kubrick and they went through, you know, tremendous efforts to, to, to prove that, yeah. it, you know, it was a fake landing. And then you've got the secret space program stuff. It's like they're flooding. If there is a, an intelligence behind this, they're flooding us with so much information you have to pick and choose. But I think that's where power remote viewing comes in. How yeah. you can. Yeah discern through all the garbage out there and hopefully get yourself on point to understand. hopefully yeah hopefully um but you still need yeah you know, and the, the problem with remote viewing is uh, well with everything out there really is you do need uh, a certain amount of good solid feedbackable information verifiable stuff right. because you know as a remote viewer and i've done this and i've, and I've proved it and tested it that um it's just as easy for a remote viewer to view uh, a non-fiction or an imaginary thing in someone's mind as it is a real thing. Wow. Yeah, I did it because I, I stumbled across this, across this recently. And it, 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 well, not recently, but uh, 10 years ago, and it, it's been playing on my mind for 10 years. So last year I did a test where I wanted to see if it was possible. So I tasked a series of remote viewers, a blind target, which was a UFO event, but the UFO event didn't actually happen. So what I did is I sat down on my computer and I typed it into a word pad on my computer. The target's a UFO event. It's going to be a triangle UFO that comes down in the field. A little girl with blonde hair called Goldilocks is going to come out, holding hands with a grey alien, say hello, and then they're going to get back into it and fly off. But it didn't exist because it, it all, it, the only way it existed was in my imagination. And I set that as a target to the remote viewers. All 10 remote viewers, and I got this information on, online so people can see this, all 10 remote viewers that did, did that target all reported and drew and sketched a triangular-shaped UFO that came down and landed and did all this kind of stuff. So they, they, they felt, and they didn't realize, or they didn't know in any way that the target wasn't real. It felt real to them as a real target like any other. But what they were actually doing was remote viewing my imagination. That's dangerous. So, so remote viewers can be wrong, or we can, there may be a possibility that if someone sets a target, I may be remote viewing their imagination or their belief structure. You know, they may totally, totally believe that there are prawn-shaped aliens on Mars 
And I may be reporting that back to them, but it may be that I'm just tagging into the, their, their, their belief structure. So that's why we need a certain amount of feedback to be able to say, okay, you know, you described this, you described that. So, you know, if this is right, 50% this is right, what you described, then there's no reason to suspect why your other 50% would be off. So we have to, you know, we have to be careful with what we're, what we're looking at. And we do have to have feedback information. But, you know, if I'm doing the moon and I'm doing it blindly, and I'm there describing it's in a, in a hospital place, it's remote, it's code, it's got a weird atmosphere to it, you know, it's very dusty, very dark, very stark. If I'm describing all that, which we know absolutely 100% is correct for the location of the moon, then there's no reason why my other information where I'm describing some kind of hovering craft that's crashing, there's no reason to suspect why that would be off on a tangent and so completely wrong. You know, if 50% is right, then there's no reason why this other 50% shouldn't be right either. Daz, ever since our last discussion, when we were talking, you know, the kind of the introductory video, there's one question I didn't ask you and it's, it's been bothering me. I've been looking for an opportunity to bring it back up. Um, and you just answered it. And that question was, is it possible to create a false signal that's going to give somebody false information, a false set of breadcrumbs, a false rabbit trail? And with what you just described, I'm, I'm freaked out, not freaked out. I'm used to it with you guys, but that, you know, you not only answered my question, but in such the, I mean, it was exactly the answer I was looking for. Um, so I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Remote viewing is an amazing toy and, you know, I'm absolutely convinced and the data shows that you can go anywhere in time and space and get any amount of information. But because it can do that, we can also tap into uh, the wants and desires of the person setting the task, the target. So if that person believes enough and they're pushing it enough in their own mind, you know, I want this, I want the remote viewer to come back with this information, you know, that's all they're thinking about. That may be what a remote viewer comes back with. What, and that's why it's so important that all remote viewing data, um, a bit like when you're when we're doing our crypto research and stuff, really, right. you can't just go on one piece of data. You right. need to look at all different data sources, put it together and say, is it showing a cohesive picture? And it's the same with remote viewing. Uh, I would say to anyone, you know, take what we're doing with a slight pinch of salt until you can compare it with enough other feedback from other sources to say, right. okay, it seems to be showing a pretty valid picture here. Because as, as we said, uh, yeah, remote viewers can go anywhere. I can go into people's heads and right. pick out, you know, the remote viewers maybe not pick, came into my head, but they accessed my imagination or my because it didn't exist in any on my pack, which is essentially noughts right. and ones as uh, digital data, and in my head, that target of the UFO only existed in those two places, on my computer screen and in my head, and those 10 remote viewers accurately sketched and drew it. Wow. Wow. You know, I, I've, ha I've had, you just pulled everything I was trying to get into out, out of me, Daz. You know, that's the one question I wanted to get back to, and here, and here we go. Um, it's, why, it's why all remote viewers, and, and, you know, I mentioned I was with Ingo, and he, um, and he did the coordinates on the moon, and he showed me the sketches, and then he showed me his, his next decade of research and of, of trying to find enough confirmatory feedback to, to prove his data. It's why, as remote viewers, we're so, once we do the remote viewing, um, and we get the you know, we get the feedback because you know you give us feedback yourself. You know you've shown us what the target is. We get so addicted. We go out and we spend hours and days. You know saying okay, I said this. How can I confirm it? You know, and, right. and, that, and that's what we do. We try to confirm our own data. And, and that's important. You know, in looking at remote viewing data. Um, when I worked in, in Intel with the military, we had what's called an all source intelligence center, and that's where you know, I'd have my piece of the puzzle and I'd be like, Hey, here's what I've got for my human sources and here's what's going on. Yes, but it was only a small piece. Cause okay, let's confirm it through signals intelligence. Let's confirm it through imagery analysis, yeah. you know, and, and historical data and, and everything we'd have to confirm and remote viewing. You know, that's what I try to stress to people. It's that it's the same thing. It's a piece of evidence, but yes. if you have 10 other things that are not supporting what you're seeing, then I yes. wouldn't put too much stock in, in, in that data. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know, we, uh, we we're discussing the moon and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, if, if you've got a remote viewer and he's talking about being in a remote desolate place, which is off planet, and then he's talking about structures and, you know, you know, the target is a room is, is the moon. You kind of have some good confirmatory data there. Cause you know, you, we know so much about the moon. We know it's remote. We know it's, right. 
you know it's dusty so yeah so there is a there is a lot you can confirm remote viewing um but there's also some bits you can't but you know everyone just has to keep a level ahead with this not not good to overboard but there's clearly as as we discussed there's clearly something very strange going on there with the uh the moon and mars and maybe even the other objects as well i've been to a couple of the others uh, i've been tasked but right. i haven't you know i haven't been tasked on on everything in 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 our local universe yet which is crazy really out of all the tens of thousands of remote viewing projects i've done um and because you know we're doing it blind i can't set them for myself so all i can do is sit back and wait for someone to task right. me these things right maybe somebody watching this will one day hopefully yeah you know i haven't been i don't think i've been to jupiter yet or neptune or you know so, some some of those places no one's no one's you know, there, there are alleged things in the in the rings of, of saturn and mining it and stuff um, yep. no one sent me against that. I, I would love to see it or or even there are some allegations of uh craft and things that have been filmed interacting with the sun and kind of sucking up energy from the sun yeah, and stuff i've seen that i've seen videos and pictures of that kind of stuff i've never been tasked against any of that i would love for someone to task me against that so i could uh see what's out there Wow. That's, that's fascinating. Now these, these structures on the moon, um, you know, can you, can you walk us through one of your experiences in, in being at one of those structures and what you were seeing? Yeah. Um, most of the ones I've seen personally, like, like the one in that, in that recent, uh, project are, have been, um, severely damaged and broken and they feel odor. Um, I, I haven't personally, I'm just trying to think, have I personally been in anything that's newer? Not on the moon, maybe on Mars, maybe. But everything I'm finding that I've been tasked personally with on the moon has been structures that are definitely not man-made by humans, uh, by us in, in modern man in the you know the last 30, 40 years that we went to the moon and stuff. It feels higher technology in that, but it also feels higher technology, but more ancient and older and decrepit and broken and right. uh, and destroyed. Wow. And, and no idea what their purpose was other than maybe some kind of engineering or no, I mean, again, it would be nice. The, the only projects that, you know, the, I've done against the moon and I said, there's probably about 15 or so. It's only random ones that are set by people every now and again, it would be nice at some point for someone to put some funding or a project together and say, okay, we're going to spend, we're going to spend a year just looking at the moon. We're going to, we're going to write a book. We're going to document it from every single angle. Yeah. It's just that no one's got the resources to, uh, to, to, and has done that yet, but it would be nice if someone did. And that would be the benefit of uh, remote viewing becoming more popular and more widespread because you Absolutely. don't have enough viewers right now. You don't have enough funding to go back, look at the target and then adjust fire and go look at another aspect of that target and yeah. keep going. And in, in fact, uh, I just did a target and I think Edward Riordan did one as well for Dick last week. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's told you about this yet, but it should be, he might be putting out soon, which was a, a pro an Indian, the, an Indian probe that was sent to the moon, I think recently. I, 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 I don't know. Uh, okay. What I can say and what I can't say about it. He's given me a brief overview. So I don't know if you guys have been fully debriefed or what. So oh, yeah, I've had feedback. I've had okay. feedback on it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So, um, and that was interesting as well because I had some really interesting data on why that probe, uh, uh, went missing as yeah. well. Um, I'm not going to say now because it, you know, it's probably the suspense build. Yeah. But you know, again, I did that blind. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, you know, I was, I was trying to describe this, this, this structure that I was seeing and I knew the structure was moving and I was thinking this is a little bit strange, but at the same time I knew that it was um, being sent on. Well, no, I, I won't go into detail, but okay. yeah, I got some really anomalous data for it, which once I got the feedback and saw what it was, I was like, God damn, you know, you know, makes, makes I, sense. I was clearly on target there, but what I saw, what happened to it, um, had to have a new devil to it, which is a bit nefarious. And I was like, whoa, yeah, something, something very strange is going on here. Big, big reality check right there. Yeah. You know, and, you know, that's all that, that's moon based as well. So, yes, yeah, so, so there's lots, lots going on with the moon. It's a very, uh, it's a very strange thing, but you know, there is a, the US, the, you, you're going back now, aren't you? Trump wants to go back there. I'm sorry. Trump wants to go back to the moon. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He he uh, he wants to go back to the moon. I mean, he, he, with the space force that he wants to create. Yeah, uh, 
you know, there's a, there's a lot going on with space in general. Yeah, there's something, you know, when, when you've got people like Trump saying they want to do a space force and they want to go back to the moon, you know that there's something going on there. There, there is something there. I was tracking um, a lot the, the recent um, confirmation slash disclosure attempts for the To the Stars Academy with Tom DeLong, Lou Ellis. Well, I, can t- I can talk a little bit about that if you want. Yeah, let's 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 hear about it, Des. Uh, a little bit about it, I can talk. Uh, let me. I'm just trying to think about how much I can say here. Okay. Um, I was tasked, and I helped organize a group of professional remote viewers to look at a, a anomalous. Uh, target for the Sheep for the Stars people recently. Really? Yeah, with remote viewing. So they asked, yeah, so they, they paid for and asked us to look at a a something for them with remote viewing. I can't say really what the data was or anything because uh, right. uh, that's, that's still being discussed because it's only a recent project. But yeah, essentially uh, the Sheep for the Stars people have a, uh, have hired me and a few other remote viewers to look at something for them. Yes. What's interesting about that connection is it brings us back to Hal Putoff, who was there at SRI, yes, yes, working yeah. with, with Ingo and, and Russell. And I do know that I do know that he's aware, and he's, he's he also saw the final report of all our data as well. Wow. All right. Well, I will resist the temptation to uh, try to back you in the corner, Daz, and, and uh, pull some information out of you. Uh, but I do look forward to, to hearing that once it's, if it's yeah, really, yeah. once it comes out. So, well, I think we've, uh, I mean, we, there's so many questions left unanswered, Daz, but. Uh, we can do another one. Yeah, we can do a yeah, follow up. There will be, there will be more to come. Anything else you want to add about the moon? No, other than, um, and I say this to, to a lot of remote viewers ask as well, is uh, you know, keep an eye on it. It is very important to us. Um, yeah. Something very strange going on there. And not just the moon as well, you know, um, Mar- Mar- both moon, the moon and Mars are key to everything that's happening uh, with all this strange interaction with us on this planet. But I don't know, I don't know what, but it seems to be very key, key to everything that's happening. Wow. Okay. And Dad, why don't you give us your, uh, your website one more time? Yeah, the website for more information is uh, remoteview.com. And if you want to get the free magazine as well, that's 8martinis.com. Excellent. And it's a wealth of information. If you haven't checked it out after the first session, make sure you go there right now and check out everything there. It's going to take you a while to go through it all. Um, But it's a great starting point if you're interested in learning more about remote viewing. All right. Well, uh, Daz, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to speak with me and entertain my questions. I've certainly enjoyed it. It's been enlightening for me. It's been great. To our subscribers out there, thank you as always for watching. I'm Dennis Nappy II with Crypto Viewing, and we will be back with more fascinating interviews and discussions. Thanks so much, friends. All right. Let me pause this. And there we have it there, Truth Seekers, uh, Daz Smith, and, and uh, a glimpse of some of his world and what he's experienced. Now, being a remote viewer must be a, a fascinating, exciting, scary, incredible uh, experience. It's something I hope to pick up in the near future. But, I mean, he's he's getting the experience psychically through contacting for being he was on the moon you know all intents and purposes maybe not physically but he was he was there and he was learning and exploring and, and gathering information and gathering data um, and as far as i'm concerned that, that's that's pretty strong evidence that there's something there so now what what do we do with that information how do we process that and i, and I think that if you're listening to the show i recommend start letting that sink in because we are seeing a gradual disclosure, but it's a partial disclosure. But it's more of a confirmation, I guess. But we're getting there. I think that we're getting there. I think the public is being prepared for this announcement that we're not alone. Now, I wonder and worry that that announcement will be used to manipulate people and will shock people and will terrify people. I hope not. I, I always look at the worst and hope for the best. But I think we could take something like Daz's information. It's not in your face. I need to have an emotional reaction to it right now and panic. Start to let that simmer. Start to let that assimilate uh, assimilate and come up with more questions and then start 
researching. What does that mean for our history? What does that tell us about the, the past here on this planet and away from this planet? What does that tell us about who we are? Who are these beings? And have they and do they have any contact with us? What if it was made by us? I know that Corso was talking about plans for a moon base back in the uh, in in the late 50s, early 50s. I think that this is something much older, but these are the questions I think that we need to process. So I'm going to leave us there uh, with this. A big thank you to Daz. Daz and I are, are cranking out con- uh, what's it? Content. That's the word. I was going to say contact. I wish we were having contact. We're cranking out some content. I'm going to try to get some more of his stuff uh, up here as well. Uh, he's just a wealth of knowledge. So a big thank you to Daz. Uh, And a big thank you to the crypto viewing team who is allowing us to share this on this platform as well. I'm very excited about that. So you can check out uh, Daz's website is at remoteviewed.com. Wealth of information. I know Daz said it already, but if you want to know anything about remote viewing, that is your starting point right there. You want to know about the history. You want to learn, um, you know, the the mechanics of it and and some guides uh, on ways to understand how remote viewing works. If you're interested in learning remote viewing, again, that's your first place to go, in my opinion. And then Daz has the uh, the magazine, the online publication, Eight Martinis, and I highly recommend you check that out as well. Great interviews, lots of talk about remote viewing. Daz really um, is, I would classify him as the historian of remote viewing with everything that he has there. And it's all available for free on his website. But he does have a donate button if you find it valuable. I highly recommend that you throw something his way because he's doing all this out of, out of pocket. And what he is preserving is... I think one of the most important things in in human history right now, in modern history, absolutely. So be sure to check that out. Check out cryptoviewing.com as well or patreon.com slash crypto viewing and start learning about cryptocurrency, my friends. There's big changes coming uh, and we need to be able to navigate that system. We absolutely need to be able to navigate that system. So uh, exciting show. Uh, So thank you all for for tuning in and uh, I look forward to the next one to sharing with all of you out there. So that's all the time I have right now, my friends. I'm Dennis Nappy II with Sixth Sense Media, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep an open mind and let your intuition be your guide. Thank you.